When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Bernard and Mike Molina. And Catherine will be back. She just uh, had an appointment. She'll be in. Alex should be in at some point. I yeah, just wait for Thursday. your charge on your credit card. Yeah, that's right. All I got to do is look for the charge, and the credit card will be good to go. And Ted Larkins is on at twelve thirty-five. Oh, is that right? Yes. All right, we'll get moving then, and we'll be right back. I want to talk about pot in America right after this. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. What is this all about? No, today is, uh, it's been seven years since he passed away. Is that right? Yeah. 
and drank he keeps himself. up on all that stuff. You know when all these people die. Oh, he drank yeah. himself to death. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I do remember that. Jerry Rafferty. Yep. You never hear of Irish guys drinking themselves to death. Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> I think he was Scottish, but same difference. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Same difference. I think you're right. I think he was Scottish. Uh, another example, ladies and gentlemen, of why I cannot stand politicians, whether they be on the left, on the right, certainly on the far left and the far right. I, I just I don't understand them at all. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has rescinded an Obama-era policy that paved the way for legalized marijuana to flourish in states across the country, creating new confusion about enforcement and use just three days after a new legislation law went into effect in California. President Donald Trump's top law enforcement official announced the change today. Instead of the previous lenient federal enforcement policy, Sessions' new stance will instead let federal prosecutors where marijuana is legal decide how aggressively to enforce longstanding federal law prohibiting it. Remember when the whole idea was the states would come first and the feds would come second? I do. Remember that? How it was supposed to be that the states would decide? There you go. That's Andy hitting the bong right there. All the you know, time. that's just how he behaved. All the time. Ooh, Alex is here. I mom am. Mom's also here. Oh, mom also came in. Sorry, I so was. So mom's coming in too. I was stuck in the parking lot waiting for this construction worker that looked exactly like the cake boss to get out of my way for like a year, and so I finally Didn't got happen. to. I finally got to park. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yep. And and, and your mother just got here too, so she'll t- sit down in a second. Well, she has now, got a far the, far way to travel to get there, so I get it. Yeah, she's fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> Sessions' plan drew immediate strong objection from Republican Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado, one of eight states that have legalized marijuana for recreational use. Gardner said in a tweet that the Justice Department has trampled on the will of the voters in Colorado and other states. He said the action would contradict what Sessions had told him before the Attorney General was confirmed and that he was prepared to take all steps necessary to fight the steps, uh, including holding up confirmation of Justice Department nominees. Now, here's i got to make this very, very clear to, to our listeners on uh, Terrestrial. As well, because most most of the digital listeners know what, what how, kind of how I am, but things are new enough at uh, you know WBHR in St. Cloud and KVBR in Brainerd, and certainly at KDAL AM and FM in Duluth. I don't smoke pot. I don't want to smoke pot. I have no interest, as a matter of fact, in sativa. My uh, interest would be in indica because it helps me sleep. So when I go to Vegas to do the two shows there. I do 10 milligrams of indica. It helps me sleep very, very well. So I have no interest in getting high, but nothing, well, you know, nothing works better for me because I don't want to take, I don't take prescription drugs any longer. I used to. I I used to take trazodone and alprazolam to sleep. And now when I go to places like Vegas where it's legal, I take the 10 milligrams of, uh, Indica, which is the one that calms you down, and I sleep very, very well. So Sessions' argument is this, that he doesn't want to see people smoking pot and getting violent. When's the last time you saw somebody smoke pot and get violent? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Look, I don't want anybody, here, here's what I'm saying. I don't want any, like, let's go with teachers or doctors or nurses. We'll, we'll start with them, firefighters and cops. I don't want to see them smoking pot and on the job. Much in the same way that I don't want to see them drinking alcohol when they're on their job. I don't want to teach you to go out to lunch and have a joint at lunch and come back in and teach our children. In the same way, I don't want them to go out at lunch and have a few drinks and then come back to class. <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm looking at here. That makes sense to you, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Uh, but this whole idea that, that he doesn't want to see people get violent. I don't want anybody, look, just like not drinking and driving, I don't want anybody getting high on marijuana and driving either. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, first of all, uh, did you see the stock market today? Yes, 25000 Through the roof. Oil is back up to $62 a barrel. North Dakota has got to be jumping through the roof uh, with happiness, because i got to believe they're going to be pumping oil again like there's no tomorrow. Uh, the stock market's going through the roof. The job numbers are the best they've been in years and years. Everything's looking good, so why don't we do this, uh, their Attorney General Jeff Sessions, why don't we cut off some tax revenue? They were talking in California alone. In California alone, a billion dollars in tax revenue from recreational marijuana sales. And the first thing they do is try to squash that. Why? Can anybody explain that to me? No. Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently not. In deciding which marijuana activities to prosecute under these laws with the department's finite resources, that's exactly the point. You have finite resources. Prosecutors should follow the well-established principles that govern all federal prosecutions by considering the seriousness of the crime and its impact on the community. Sessions wrote in a one-page memo to the nation's federal prosecutors. The problem you have there is that sounds like a good idea, but when you give someone power over someone else, they will abuse it almost every time. So if you think they're going to go, oh, we'll just look the other way. No, if I feel powerful, I'm going to try to run right over you because that's what human beings do. I don't know why we do that, but we do. I think it's an idiotic move. I think it's a really idiotic move. I would have assumed that within the next 18 months that marijuana, that cannabis, I shouldn't, you know, sativa and indica would be legal for recreational use. And for I, I, I've never tried to apply for uh, medical marijuana in the state of Minnesota or in Florida where it's legal. Uh, you know, medical is not not recreational. I've never tried because you got to jump through about six billion hoops to get it done, and who needs that? You know, um, you're you're cutting off a lot of tax money, and I would say this: I don't know a whole lot of people who smoke pot anymore because that's a whole different deal. I know some, but but not a whole lot. Um, you're. They get away from drinking a lot of alcohol and getting behind the wheel. Uh, they do a lot of one hits. And I don't want anybody driving when they're high on, on geef either. That's not what I'm looking at. And I think I made myself very clear on that. But it just, these politicians, every time they can screw something up, it seems like they do. You know? And it's not just Republicans and it's not just Democrats, it's all of them. I invited here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, basically in St. Paul. Uh, the new mayor of St. Paul to call into the KQ Morning Show this morning, and you're more than welcome to call into this show as well, Mayor Carter, Melvin Carter III, who brought up uh, that the national anthem is an ode to slavery, right? Once again, a politician, the first chance they get to just jump all over America, they do it. Now, i got some bad news for you, Mr. Carter. When the national anthem was written, Minnesota was not part of the United States, Okay. It was not part of the United States. So when we became part of the United States, that song came along with it. But that uh, phrase was taken out by then. What phrase? 
Oh, I can. I'll have to bring it up for you. It talks about. As a matter of fact, I do want to bring that up if I can find it again. I assume I could probably find it here somewhere. But I will close with this. As far as Jeff Sessions is concerned, he's an idiot. Ninety-nine percent of politicians are in it for the money. They're in it for their own benefit, their own gain, and you disgust me. You really do. You have a chance here to take some of the tax burden off the hardworking people out there and give them a chance to, you know, back off. And I know what you're doing here. You know, you know what he's doing? Protecting the drug companies. You do realize that, right? Didn't think about that, but yeah, makes sense. Well, that's the whole deal. It, it, the drug company, I'd like to know what his connection is to drug companies. I don't know. And I think all all those politicians are connected to drug companies. Oh, you can't let them have recreational marijuana. They're not going to buy our, our sleep medication. And my God, if they take Indica, they're going to they're not going to need my uh, anxiety medication. They're not going to. It's all about business. It's all about money. You know, when, when he's no longer attorney general, because he's probably going to be fired within the next year because everybody hates him. Uh, well, they do. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody likes Jeff Sessions. He's an idiot. <laughs> You know, he's Alabama. They couldn't even straighten that deal out. Uh, and, look, I don't know anything about Alabama. I've been through northern Alabama, and I've been to Mobile, Alabama, and uh, they're like two different worlds. Northern Alabama is this nice hilly and grassy, and it's this beautiful area. So i got nothing against Alabama, but this this session is just uh, – I saw it today. I was like, why, why are you doing this? Can anyone understand why he would do that? I, I just, uh, God. He's just an All idiot. Right, here we go. He is. He's a moron. Uh, the Melvin Carter the third. And again, I, I, let me make it very clear. I don't know Melvin Carter the third. I I haven't made a judgment on him yet. Whether I do like what he does or I don't like what he does, I don't like at all what he did during his inaugural speech. Because uh, one, the first thing we do, why don't we just pee all over America? Why don't we do that? That's the first thing we do as, as the mayor of St. Paul. During his inaugural speech Tuesday, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter III said he was honored to have a locally born musician present uh, at his own Central High School to sing the national anthem with a big caveat. We cannot ignore the painful reminder written into our anthem's third verse of just how deeply injustice is rooted in the American tradition. Our national freedom song is an ode to slavery. This is the first order of business for this guy. I read what he's talking about, by the way, and he just uh, he he read the word slave and immediately made a bunch of assumptions. But he's wrong. I, he's wrong. It doesn't mean anything near what he thinks it means. Nope. Here is the phrase. And where is that band who so vauntingly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country, should leave us no more? Their blood was washed out. Their foul, uh, their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner and triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. What about slavery did he read in there? Yeah, it uses the word slave. It's referring to uh, colonial slaves of the British who That's correct. fought with them in exchange for their freedom. That's exactly what he was talking about, what, 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 the, what those words mean. Yeah, but that's not what he decided they meant and then, of course, decided to. Well, this is exciting. Yep. <laughs> what? To uh, come into this? Well, no. I mean, we were just talking about Jeff Sessions. Uh, Catherine, you just walked in. Jeff Sessions has just decided that he wants the federal authorities to overlook all the states that uh, have legalized marijuana for recreational use. 
And basically what he's going to try to do is squash the whole thing. Why? Uh, for no reason. He just thinks what he said was he didn't want to see, uh, like with the use of alcohol, he didn't want to see people getting uh, violent. Hmm. Now, all the people you've seen get really violent on Geef, you know. Zero people. Well, there yeah. is a link between weed and violence, but... There is? What is yep. it? Yep. Yeah, oh. what is it? It's, well, basically, it just, people who smoke weed are also more likely to commit violent crime. Well, that's shocking, because mm. I would, most people I know, and I don't, I hardly know anybody, they're all like, hey, man. Well, if you think about cool. every gangster in the country, they're all smoking weed. But yeah, so probably, they all drink that doesn't help. Yeah, probably with other things, though, wouldn't you think? Yeah, they're drinking and doing uh. cocaine, and they're doing heroin and everything else, too. I don't, doing think, it all. I don't think among that kind of community, cocaine and heroin are that big. Oh. I think it's pretty much just uh, weed, alcohol. Sometimes something like codeine, they'll put codeine in, uh, you know, some purple drink. drink. Yeah, exactly. But that's pretty mellow. It's like, I don't, it's not anything like heroin. Andy, do you, you look at the Boston Tea Party and the fact that they, you know, they. The new to be one or the old one? The, <laughs> the old one. Because there's the tea party. And I'm having, yeah, not that tea I'm party. having my own personal tea party right now as I'm drinking Not tea. that tea party. Uh, when you look at them, they, they were not just uh, talking about the tea tax. They were talking about, like you said, the, the colonial. Uh, colonial people. rule, right? They just didn't want to be overseen and they were being taxed to death, not just on tea, but on everything. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't like necessarily about tea. No, it was, was not just, about tea. That was just like the avenue they decided to make into a thing. But everybody thinks it's all about the tea. Yeah, they do. Right. But that was the slavery that they referred to in the national anthem. You know, holding us slaves under your severe taxation. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't about African slavery. No. Well, you know what? I don't think at that time African slavery had even started in the U.S., had it? Um, in, in the early 17th century? Well, they're trying to say that, oh. that it's been around I for 400 years, but... Well, well that just, was about 400 years ago. You know, I mean, I guess politicians always have to err on the side of ultra-sensitivity. Yeah, they sure do. And that's probably the best thing that you can do as a politician. Right. Sadly. Yeah. Uh, some academics, including Robin Blackburn, a British historian who has published books on colonial slavery in the Americas, believe Key's use of the word slave refers to the core of colonial marines, runaway slaves who fought with the British in exchange for freedom. That's what he was talking about. You know? Well, don't confuse us with facts. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Really. Look, Melvin Carter, I got nothing against you, but that was way out of line to include that. In your inauguration as, as the mayor of St. Paul. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. H&B Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative financing. See an opportunity too good to pass up? Stop in. We'll make it happen. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. LASIK changed my life. Dr. David Whiting changed my life. He can get rid of those contacts, get rid of those glasses, and truly change your life. He's performed over 100,000 LASIK procedures, so there's no one else around who can compare. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about having your eyes corrected, check out Dr. Whiting and the folks over at Whiting Clinic. They've got the most advanced lasers. They've got the most experience 
and they've got the best price guaranteed. All the reasons you'd choose Whiting Clinic for your LASIK vision correction. Make this year the year that you get LASIK from Dr. David Whiting. Schedule your free LASIK exam at whitingclinic.com, and please tell them I sent you. That's whitingclinic.com to take the first step in having clear, lens-free vision at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Better not be playing that song, man. Well, since Prince is singing it, it's okay. Yeah, I do, I do want to read both those again because there are two different visions of what was going on here. Some academics, including Robin Blackburn, a British historian who has published books on colonial slavery in the Americas, believe Key's use of the word slave refers to the Corps of Colonial Marines, runaway slaves who fought with the British in exchange for freedom. Jason Johnson, an associate professor of politics at Baltimore's Morgan State University, pointed out in a recent article for The Root, an online publication on African-American culture for which he is the politics editor, that Key himself served as a lieutenant in the 1815 Battle of Bladensburg, where his troops were badly beaten by a battalion of colonial marines. So uh, there are two different views of what that's all about. But my reading of that is uh, not the same as Melvin Carter III's, I will tell you that. And, and, and let's point out once more, and then I'll let it go, I promise, but it, it just... At your inauguration, the first thing you want to talk about is that. Well, he probably ran on some sort of a platform of I'm diversity sure and did. fairness. Yeah. That's not diversity and it's not fairness. Well, that's what their platform is. And that's what they think. the progressive platform is the exact same meme over and over again. Well, I mean, I was is. walking down um, to this doctor's office today and on a realtor's uh, bus bench, mm-hmm. it was like um, honesty, integrity. Diversity. Diversity? Yeah. Of sales? Just diversity. Just, just the diversity word diversity. Yep, that's, I mean, that's diversity. That's what people look for. They becomes, look for the yep. word diversity, Absolutely. and that makes them like. Yeah, that activates that's... a little routine in their brain that makes them feel good. Hold on. Jude is doing something yeah, back is. there. Jude, Jude, get out of there. Get out of here. No wire Probably eating. Probably a eating piece the wires. of food over there or something. Judy. Wires are not food. There's no food over there. You're going to disconnect us at all. Okay. So anyway. Well, all heck will break yeah. loose. I will move on from there, but I want you to know that when I was a uh, dishwasher at the garden room at Donaldson's when I was 16 years old, I was a very diverse dishwasher. I washed dishes for people of all colors. Well, I'm proud of you. What a joke. And has, I mean, as you should. And I'll make my last point once again. Minnesota was not even part of the United States when that song was written, so calm down. And that wasn't Prince. It was, who was that? Who did the slave song? They that was the Stones. Who, who did that the Stones? Was the Stones. Why did I have to say Oh, Alex is there. Hi, Alex hi. got in. Hello. She had a little battle with, who'd you, who'd you say it was? The undercover boss? No. Cake, cake boss. boss. Well, cake boss. He looked what? so much like cake boss. I was stuck in the back corner of the parking lot waiting oh. for this big truck to get out of my way. And the guy that was driving it looked exactly like cake boss. And he wouldn't get out of my way so I could park. I was just stuck there sitting, waiting for him. He seriously maneuvered his vehicle like 30 times. And it, it wasn't even that oh. big of a truck, really. Like, he had plenty of space. And I had nowhere to go. But he looked so much like Cake Boss. Like the Austin Powers hallway thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same story. Yes. <laughs> I, was so like, exactly. I was like, can you just exactly it. figure it out? 
All, All right. right, so moving on from, from uh, an African-American Democrat to a white Republican, uh, Joseph Steinhauser sent me at the Tweet of God. You guys know about the Tweet of God, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. Yes. On Twitter. At the Tweet of God. Uh, good. I'm, here it is. There is no wedgie too atomic for Jeff Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. He's just another tight-ass white <gasps> Republican. What? Tight-ass. You can say that. There's nothing wrong with that. So, look, I don't, like I said, I don't know Melvin Carter, and I don't know Jeff Sessions, but I think you're both way out of line with your your opinions on things and how you'd like to move forward. And this is how you want to begin. Boy, I can't wait to see just how wonderful both of you do as we move forward. It's just, once again, politicians getting in the way. Well, don't you think? They have to. It's just like any other job. They have to have a reason to exist. Yeah. If ever, uh, if they achieved everything they had set out to do, then they would no longer have a job. Well, yeah. And so and they, they have to right. keep on making yeah. up things to... Yes. And yeah. the easiest way to make sure that everybody likes you is to make them afraid and that you're going to fix their problems. And that's very true. Yeah. Scare the people. That's a big part of Democrat and Republican lives. That was Let's pretty much Obama's people. platform. It was, yeah. He scared the people. He made everyone afraid of a race war, and Bush made everyone afraid of WMDs. Yeah. That's true. Bill Clinton made everyone afraid of him. I would like to point out to the Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com, I want to thank you so much. As I read that article, I, I scrolled down, and uh, there's an article about how bad is the frostbite this season. Oh. Look at that. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Well, I told you about the uh, customer we had at TCF, right? No. Um, he had no hands, so that was, yeah. Because it was, was, it was always fun, uh, yeah, having him try to deposit his paycheck or whatever it was. So I asked my boss, because he came in a lot, and I was like, well, what happened to his hands? And she said that um, one day he got to his house um was unlocking his door, uh, fumbled his keys, passed out drunk, oh. and no more hands. Oh. Imagine Yikes. being one step from warmth and losing your hands because you oh. were too drunk. That might be a wake-up call for that's, some people. Yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty horrendous. Yeah, those fingers look like legs. They're so swollen. <clears throat> oh, he's lucky he still has them. Oh, my God. Look at the, look at the pus on those. You guys have to look at TwinCities.com, the front page oh, okay. of TwinCities.com. That's a pus. I don't need oh. to. That's like yeah. when somebody oh. says, oh, my God, this smells horrible. Smell it. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm okay. Give it a whiff. I'm good. Well, that's the old deal. This tastes terrible. Here, take a bite. Yeah. Well, Ralph Basham said that he, he thought he got a little frostbite dealing with just getting his keys into oh, really? the lock or something like that. Last, yeah. Well, but, yeah, Ralph's a candy so asshole. You know, that's... Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. But, I mean, we, we got this whole situation now, and as I move on from another newspaper website, uh, it's they're all going after each other and, and encouraging people to hate one another in America. I talked to a very... We're going to have him on tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Uh, Solomon... Uh, Grundy? Yeah, Solomon Grundy. That's... In, uh, no. Giordano. Solomon Gregorio. Yeah, oh, Giordano. okay. It's not Giordano. No, no, no. Giorgio. His name, is, is Giorgio, yeah. His name Giordano's is Solomon Pizza. Giorgio. Yeah. Uh, nicest guy in the world. Uh, from Ethiopia, born in Sudan, moved to St. Louis, Missouri when he was a little kid with his parents. They didn't care for St. Louis. They moved to Fresno and then eventually to Seattle. And I asked him, he's, a, he's an, uh, obviously black, he's from Ethiopia about his take on why Americans all hate one another so much, and he just he agreed with everything. It's all about money. 
It's all about the get the people at the top making money uh, off our hatred for one another. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at everybody, you know, Twitter feeds and Facebook feeds. It's all about hating somebody. It is. It absolutely and being yeah. afraid of the other side. Yep. It's about fear and hatred. And it's just disgusting. I hope everybody wakes up and just, you, you know, know that, if it doesn't, if, if people wake up and it doesn't work anymore, they'll have to come up with another way of doing things. If someone is still like that by the time they're like 40-ish, then they're pretty much ruined. Did you hear Lifetime Fitness, um, which is a big franchise yes. in Minneapolis? They're love, turning off the news. Yep, they're like, it's just too negative. We don't yeah. want it in our, in our place anymore. I haven't watched the news voluntarily in probably... Ever. No, I don't, I, know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know why you would I think do that. I think that's a pretty awesome thing to do. It's like, no, we're just not going to listen to it anymore. How about that? That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, I just love that. Well, here's it. I'm not going to read what they are. Who is Mark? Is it Mark Tyson or Mark Thiessen? Do you, anybody know how to say it? It's probably Mark Tyson, don't probably you Probably Tyson. The 10 worst things Trump has done in his first year in office. <laughs> It's just unbelievable. It's just, oh, Let God. Let me count the things. Let me just hate, hate, hate as much as I possibly can. Look, I don't like politicians. I don't hate them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I invited Mayor Carter to come on the morning show this morning, and he, he didn't call in, but he may not have heard about it. So I'm not saying he didn't want to call in. Maybe he probably didn't even hear about it. But So I don't hate Melvin Carter, and I don't hate Jeff Sessions. I just think you're a couple of boneheads who made bonehead plays. You know, I've done stupid things in my life, and now I'm saying today you both did something stupid. That doesn't mean I hate you or that I think you should be kicked out of office or, oh, my God, you're the worst human being on earth. When did that, when did we go from I like you to I hate you and there's nothing in between? Um, the days of the caveman. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's been that bad forever? Yeah, well, I mean, humans have been killing one another for pretty much the entirety of human history over pretty dumb stuff so yeah, i suppose you're probably right well, i mean look at ireland for the like for like 50 years or whatever it was yeah just because of a difference in um religious interpretation they were bombing each other and such come on andy you're the wrong kind of christian <clears throat> yeah that's i've never understood that dumb. one well in boston you live uh you're a townie you're a southie you're all irish but you're the wrong kind of irish what People need to be in a tribe, and they need to be at war. Oh, they, it's just, it's a think, human condition. Do you think that is true, that we need to hate one another? Yeah, everyone needs someone to hate, or else they don't feel... Well, hating someone is the easiest way to feel like your existence means something. That's so amazing. So it's like you exist to prevent that other uh, faction from doing whatever they plan to do because they're evil and they must be stopped. Otherwise... What the diversity? Well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? It's uh, Anchorman. Anchorman, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it was Anchorman. Will Ferrell. Yeah. I believe diversity was an old, old wooden ship. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. That works for me. So, yeah, I mean, that's the whole deal. We just, I see these things coming across uh, the press, uh, whether it 
be on on websites or whatever but but please do understand not all of them there, there may be a few politicians left that actually want to serve the people but most of them want to be elected so they could make as much money as they possibly can and end up being you know in some cush job for the rest of their lives because they quote unquote served the people when's the last time you a politician served the people do you think well a lot of people would say the affordable health care act did serve a lot of people uh, my, when I when I went on Medicare, my uh, premium went from eleven hundred dollars a month to it's now seventeen hundred dollars a month. How did that improve my life? I don't have any idea. So I paid into Medicare my entire well, life. You weren't the person it was supposed to help. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Okay. Nope. So my money just went away. Yep. I don't know, man. That was making just... life more fair for everybody. <clears throat> hey, look, I you know I hope everybody does have great health care, but. Uh, as far as I can tell, now look, the mentally ill is a different situation. They don't, in a lot of cases, well, they're also a minority. They are a, a huge very minority. small minority, and and they don't want health care. They don't. Uh, it's a sad, sad thing. Again, for new listeners, my father was mentally ill. He didn't want to go to the hospital, be treated for anything. Yeah, no, they don't think they're ill, so no. why would they get treatment? No, that's the whole problem. So, hey, look, I think healthcare is a wonderful thing. I think it's far, far too expensive. But once again, once the government got involved in healthcare providers, their costs went through the roof. Well, healthcare insurance premiums have been rising for a long time. And the thing is, the ACA didn't slow that down or stop that or anything. No, a lot of the things that it was supposed to do, it did not do. Yeah, it didn't really. It, I mean, any anyone can say it helped me, but the numbers say it didn't do anything. Right. Not, in, not on a yeah. in the big picture, which yeah, I, is what matters. Yeah, I know a family of five that just uh, just this year, it's going. their health premiums are going up 25% again. Average health care premium, let's see. Uh, which over the four years it's been rising, it's 100%. It's 100%. It's 100% more than there That's was. That's a lot. See, in the past, since 1999, health care uh, has gone up an average of, let's see, about uh, 70, 80 bucks a year. So, you know, over the past 20 years, that's an additional $1,600 per year on top of what it was before. So, you know, it's not great. Yeah, that's to 2014. I think between 20... When did the Affordable Care Act kick in? Uh, well, what's it been? A f- it's been what? It's been a while. 2014, 2015. When was that? I think it was at least four years ago. Yeah, I think it was. 20, well, this one goes 20... to 2016, and it's still not. Yeah, it's not going down. No, it's, it's not, not going to go down either. It went up 19 percent since 2011, uh, and inflation went up six percent. So it is. It's rising at a rate about three times out of inflation. So, yeah, I just don't clearly think, we need something that isn't the ACA. I just don't think that a, that that healthcare coverage, health insurance for one person, should cost twenty thousand dollars a year. I think it's outrageous. No. Well, outrageous. one enormous problem, pun intended, is that obese people cost a lot of money to keep yeah, they alive, and obese people they're. Uh, much uh, greater pop- percent of the population. Well, that's a good, very good point, actually. So That's a really good point. All right, we'll be back. We have a special guest coming up next, correct? We do. All right, we will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. 
Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your MyPillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Fawn's jam. What is that? It's Pharrell Williams. That's your jam. It's Fawn's jam. She loves this song. It's Fawn's jam. She starts. She hears the song and starts jumping around and dancing. She goes happy, 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 happy. Oh yeah. She also likes dee 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 dee. She likes anything <laughs> vaguely musical. No, I mean, I we play a lot of music at our house all the time, but this song comes on and it's like a that's her song. And speaking so of happy, happy, we have uh, Mr. Larkins on. Ted Larkin, he, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, he, he couldn't have come on at a better time because Mr. Larkins, uh, we've been talking this morning about the new mayor of St. Paul. The first thing he does is bring up uh, the problems with uh, race relations in America. At his inauguration, he brings that up. And then we have Jess Sessions talking about, oh, we need to keep a better, closer eye on uh, recreational marijuana because we don't want people getting violent. And we've talked quite a bit in the first two segments of this hour why people want to be so unhappy, why we want to hate one another. I don't. Do you understand that? I no. I don't. First of all, thanks for having me on the, the, the show, Tom. Really, really grateful to be here. And why do people want to be unhappy? I don't know. But there's a. I think we can be happy, and, and I'm here to share that. That's what that's what it's about. Well, see, now we're talking, and that's why I'm so happy to have you on, actually. <laughs> the book is called Get to Be Happy, Stories and Secrets of Loving the Sheet Out of Life. It's S-H asterisk T. It is. Uh, he talks about uh, his get-to principle that helps people find gratitude in even the toughest things in life they experience because they get to do them. I love your take on this thing. You get to have breakfast. You get to have lunch. You get to have dinner. You get to sleep in a bed. Uh, yeah, you earned yeah. it, but you get to do it. Yep, yep, we do. I think I think what what a lot of people and it's kind of in our culture. We just say, "Oh, I have to, I have to, I gotta, I gotta," and it's just you know. I mean, it's fair enough. That's what we say. But if you just shift over and say, "Wait a second, I get to," and it really came to me when when I was doing the dishes one day. Oh, I have to do the dishes. I'm like, "No, wait a second, I get to." You know, many people are starving to death on the planet or just here in the, the U.S. They're having challenging times, but I get to do the dishes. I just had food. I mean, I've got running water. 
is really just shifting into this place of appreciation and, and compassion for others and appreciation for what I have. It's really a powerful, simple, but very powerful tool to use. Uh, I will tell you, you couldn't have come on at a, a better time. Ted Larkin's our special guest. Again, the book is called Get to Be Happy, Stories and Secrets of Loving the Sheet Out of Life. That's not the word, but that's the one I'm going to use for the interview. <laughs> I love it. I, I don't know if uh, if there is a God. I think uh, that God reached out to you and said, you should call Tom because he's kind of crabby. I love it. I'm here <laughs> for you, Tom. <laughs> I'm here for you. Honestly. I, I just, one of the problems that I, that I have to get beyond is our politicians, and I'm talking Democrats and Republicans. I'm talking all of mm-hmm. them. They will mm-hmm. do anything to line their own pockets, and they will do anything to make themselves look better and get us to hate one another. I don't get mm-hmm. it. I don't understand no. it. No. No, I wish I, I wish I understood what the value was of anybody saying anything like that. I mean, my, view, my viewpoint, Tom, is, look, we're all, just, we're all just human beings on the planet, and we're all just, we're just trying to find happiness during this brief moment that we're alive. And why can't we help each other do that? You know, that's, that should be our main goal, is to just support each other in, in finding some peace and happiness. And it's not saying that there aren't challenging times. We all have some really, there's grief, there's a bunch of stuff going on, it's tough. But, you know, the, the ability and the, and the willingness to say, wait a second, you know, let's, let's just step into the, the viewpoint of, I get to do this and just feel, feel a little bit better about ourselves. And that's, that's what, I, I, that's what yeah. I wish for everybody. Ted, I tell you what, I, I sit around, I do a morning show. We got to book you on the morning show, as a matter of fact, uh, as well, because I love what you're talking about here. But I was sitting there this morning doing that show, and then I do this afternoon show with the family. It's uh, both a digital show and it's syndicated uh, on terrestrial radio. So, and I thought that very thing, I I, I did not know you were going to be on today, but by coincidence, and it does happen in life. Oh, it does. I thought thought right in the middle of that show this morning, man, this is what I get to do for a living. This is not working. Yes. Yeah, right, right, right. You get to do that, Tom. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not digging yeah. ditches. I'm not out there breaking my back. No. I'm not freezing to death out there tying iron or no. something like that. I did when I was no. in, uh, a younger man. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to do it anymore. I get to do this. No. So I understand yeah. exactly what you're talking about. That's great. Um, I do want to read this paragraph because I think it's, a, it's wonderful. The secret to my yeah. happiness started during my high school days. Yes, drugs were involved. Well, good, Ted. That's good. Good to know, Ted. Continued through hitchhiking across the country, through the suicide of my girlfriend, through bartending in many cities around the country, and I moved to Japan. I lived there for nine years, helping start a $500 million business, including a Larkins, my last name, line of product, finding enlightenment and meditating in Zen temples in the mountains of Hiroshima, meeting uh, Mother Teresa in Calcutta. So was she nice to you? She was. She's one special woman. <laughs> <laughs> not much to say. Look, I met her. She put her hands on my hands and just looked at me and said, bless you, child. And I just held her gaze there for a moment. I was like, wow, here's a woman that is, you know, a human that is just doing such good for the planet. It was quite beautiful, quite a beautiful moment in my life. There's no doubt about it. So let's not forget, I, I did talk about the suicide of Ted's girlfriend. Uh <laughs> Uh, meeting Mother Teresa in Calcutta, partying with Bon Jovi, experiencing the death of my business partner, then the loss of my daughter, all of the life lessons that come with the following statement, I get to do this. You've been through hell, Ted, and you still found a way to say, I get to live life as a human being. Yes, yes. And I'm, look, I feel, I guess I feel lucky that I have the viewpoint of I get to, that I've, I've learned yep. to step into that. And even, look, Tom, even with the, the, 
you know, I've had great times. You know, partying with Bon Jovi in Tokyo was amazing. It was amazingly fun. It was beautiful to meet Mother Teresa in Calcutta. And yet, at the same time, you know, my daughter died at birth, and it was tough. But, but, but stepping out of, oh, I have to experience that and, see, and, and living in that, that grief, I was able to step out and, and honor her path through life, whatever that was, who am I to judge that, and really say, wow, I get to, I get to have been her dad for nine months. And I get to honor that soul, and I get to share with others who are also grieving the, 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 the viewpoint of stepping out and saying, wow, okay, it's, it's, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't easy, we grieve, but we all do. And so can we step out and come back into giving love back to the world? Because that's what the world needs. They don't, the world doesn't need us to stay in our grieving. And I, will never, I want to be first to say, I don't judge anybody for however long they grieve. And that might go on for years. And, and sure, you know, look, sure. we all have it. But the, the, the sooner you can step out, and, and really come back to the world and give love, because that's what the world needs, and give happiness. I think that's a, a, a great thing, and that's what I, I try to do, and I've been able to find that with my daughter. I love speaking about her. She's a wonderful part of our lives. That was 13 years ago. And, and here I am sharing about, you know, being happy. That's pretty cool. It is a wonderful thing, and, and our daughter, Catherine, and I, uh, our son Andy's on the show, our daughter Alex is on the show, and Hello. friends on the show. And Hi we there. were just talking about uh, we were just talking about the fact that uh, Alex has a 19 month old daughter. And oh, she congratulations! Hears, Thank you. She, yeah, she hears happy music and she dances around and oh. just says happy, 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 happy. That's I the love kind of that. Joy. Can we carry that through into our adult years? Yes, I'm. I'm living proof that that you can be happy. It's not that you're not going to go through challenging times. I think that's the nature of, of being alive on the planet. But I do believe that we can shift out and deliberately, you know, it, when you smile, when you deliberately smile, there are endorphins that are released in your body and you feel joy. That's a physical thing that happens. And so if you just are deliberate about smiling, then you will create joy. And, and the way to, one way to do that is say, wow, I get to do this. And you smile. And then your life changes. It, it slowly does that if you make that a habit in your life then yes even as an adult even during the challenging times you can create that and i know people that have read a lot of people that have read my book are just they come away saying wow i get to do this and there's a lot of a lot of great things happening from it is that kind of uh follow the fake it till you make it kind of philosophy (laughs) where it's like you know i mean seriously a lot of yeah i've heard psychologists will tell somebody who's depressed to run around and uh, run around to go (laughs) around and smile smile at people and and say positive things and that yeah that will change your brain chemistry it does i think that's very true but one thing i i think is important is that we don't um dis dis you know dis on the pain or the suffering or whatever that you may be feeling sure. you know i think it's important no. to feel that first right and then but to your point yes and then smile deliberately fake it if you have to but you can pull yourself out as a human we have that ability to pull ourselves out of whatever funk we're in and smile and be happy i believe as tom you mentioned that there's a god i believe that's what what we're here to do is to to pull ourselves into this this space of being happy. It's not utopian or Pollyanna. It's really just, you know, feeling what you're feeling, experiencing that, and then stepping into, wow, I get to do this. I I have great compassion for others that don't, and I have great appreciation for what I do have. It's really beautiful. And smile. And there you go. And then you're in that moment. And I think that's the key. It brings you back to the present moment, which for most of us at this moment, right now, we can be happy. We can. 
Oh, uh, there's no question about that. Um, one of my favorite yeah. stories is I was at, at a wedding a few years ago in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, is probably the least friendly city I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life. But yeah. this one wonderful thing happened. I'm in Rittenauer Square, and they have this um, this iron fence around the, the little park there. And I'm walking down the street, and it's a gorgeous summer day, and there's a cop leaning against the fence. And as I walked by, I looked over, uh, and I said, beautiful day, officer. And she said, yeah, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. <laughs> See, there you go. That's her See, take, and that's go. my take, you know? Yeah, and you know, you could have said, I suppose you could come back and say, well, you get to have that attitude, too, and smile and walk away. There you go. You get to have that attitude. That hey, yeah. if you're yeah. something, you know, maybe your dog bit you this morning and you're not in a good yeah. mood. You get to be. You get yeah. to do that. Well, that's the key. And I think what, as soon as you say that, even during the crappy times when you're feeling like she may be feeling or what have you, if you just say, "Wow, I get to I get to feel nervous or I get to feel angry," and as soon as you acknowledge that, then you automatically just, "Oh, wow, I get to do that." Well, do I want to keep doing that or not? And it really becomes a choice. You're no longer saying, I have to or I got it. You get out of that victim viewpoint and you step into really being in charge. And you can continue doing what you're doing, but you do feel more powerful because you're, you're making that choice. I think it's a wonderful idea. And everybody, I am assuming, is very, very happy they get to talk to you. Thank you. I, I, I love talking to people. And, and, yeah, it's really been. Listen, I wrote the book over the last year and a half during my four-hour train commute. Uh, to Hollywood from Southern Cal- here in Southern California, and uh, you know, and then I've taken the book out full time as of November first, and I'm just having I'm having a blast, and it's not that I don't have challenging times. Hey, being a first time author is, is uh, you know is what it is, and I get to say, wow, I get to experience all of this as well, and I, you know, just getting some great feedback also really helps. You know, a lot of the reviews and things on Amazon, I think people really really enjoy the message and the journey that they get to live about their life by reading about mine. I think that's very true. I think people do want to be happy. I think they want to be comfortable in their lives, as comfortable as they can be in any case. Mm-hmm. They want mm-hmm. to be happy, but they're told every day on so Do you think social media has had a horrible influence on people being happy? Gosh, I think, yeah, I think social media is a tough one because it really disseminates everything out to everybody. Yep. And, and, you're, and you're right. I think it is for people that want to be negative... And people that are, are, don't have the awareness to want to be happy, I think it feeds on that. But I also believe that you can, you can use it for, po- for positive. And if you make the choice to be happy, then you can find some really great stuff, such as your show here. You know, it's, 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 it's out there. And I think that really adds a lot to – it can add a lot to people's lives. I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, Ted, I'm going to reach out to you and, yeah. and book you on the morning show as well at KQRS. I'd love to talk to you more on the morning uh, show as well. <laughs> It would be honored to be on with you, Tom. It'd be really great. The book is called Get to Be Happy Stories and Secrets to Loving the Sheet Out of Life. Ted Larkins, <laughs> L-A-R-K-I-N-S. Ted, thank you so much for your time. Wonderful, wonderful subject. Very, very glad to be here. Thanks so much for your time, Tom. Thank you, Ted. Ted Larkins, ladies and gentlemen. See, now, now, that's a nice way to wrap up the hour right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. We got politicians acting like jerks or just... I you know I shouldn't even say acting like jerks. Do they? Do you think they really believe that, or are they just trying to go out there and go, look, look how I'm fighting for the people? Yeah, I, I just think that it's just become the the business as usual. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. Yep, and I think people are getting sick of it, and that's you know why health clubs are turning off the news and. Yeah, I do want to get back to that point because you were talking about that lifetime fitness, which is all. It's all over. Are they all over America now? 
You know what? I don't know. They've expanded it to a great extent. And I don't know exactly where they are, but they're huge in the state of Minnesota. They will not play CNN, Fox, MSNBC, none of them. You cannot watch it while you're working out at Lifetime. I couldn't agree with their decision more. I think it's brilliant. It I is. really do. Thank you again to Ted Larkins. Enjoy the sheet out of life. <laughs> Uh, I get to. That's the whole deal. We'll be back. Hour two coming right up. Tom Bernard Show.